0: This is a Federal News Network podcast. Back on the space hour on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Eric White. You know, when you're using an app that uses GPS in a major city and it can't quite pinpoint your location, well, a new tech company in San Francisco may have a new way of fixing that. As you can imagine, it would require a hefty amount of hardware, but not necessarily in space. To learn more about it, I had the chance to speak with Ganesh padabaraman He's the CEO of the company NextNav.
1: So we are what we call uh, a next generation provider of uh, uh, GPS-like services or geolocation services. So f- uh, essentially, we provide uh, resilient three-dimensional position navigation and timing services that could be essentially used to complement, in certain cases, the GPS capabilities. And in, in other cases uh, also provide that uh, fundamental position navigation timing cap- uh, services that GPS provides the, in, in places where GPS does not work, uh, such as indoor and urban areas. So, uh, however, we are, we are a terrestrial system. We're not a space-based system. And our goal is really to be the resilient uh, PNT or position navigation timing provider uh, that that complements GPS.
0: Gotcha. And so, like I said, a lot of the folks that I speak to are GPS space related. What is the, I guess, the difference between being non-space GPS and uh, on the terrestrial side?
1: Yeah, I think the big difference is, uh, I mean, the, each system has its own sort of uh, trade-offs. Um, our big uh, uh, difference with GPS is that we are a resilient system that is uh, uh, much stronger than GPS. Um, uh, we're about a hundred thousand times stronger than um, GPS signal, and we are um, we, we we are we have an encryption system that's in place that uh, th- at least the civilian GPS does not have. But un- unlike GPS, which is worldwide. We are localized to you know uh, countries or regions in a country or cities etc., and so it 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 has the geographical uh, constraint. Uh, but it is you know as as we've seen, um, it gives countries and entities the ability to uh, control and manage the PNT services within their borders, uh, while GPS is a far more global type of uh, capability.
0: Yeah, so I imagine it's more centralized, almost containerized, um, which is a big thing that the government is pushing for lately. Uh, and and so in doing that, it's harder to lose control of it or have any outside entities try and hack into it or or, or interfere with it, so to speak.
1: Uh, that is correct. So because it is, you know, the infrastructure would be within the borders of your um, uh, of your country or. or city what ha- what have you uh, you have the ability to to manage and run the system and and you are far less vulnerable to uh, a GPS uh, or, or a space-based system um you know, such as GPS fundamentally because that signal is just you know the power of a 30 watt light bulb and we are you know in the uh, much stronger than that and terrestrial and therefore, you know, much harder to spoof and
0: jam from that perspective. So, yeah, GPS, you know, obviously utilizes satellites. What kind of technical hardware are you all working with? So actually, it turns out
1: our system really is very much like GPS in that sense, because we do think GPS, the the signal and the waveform that was developed is is really uh, good. Um, However, the... Uh, so, so fundamentally, think of us as putting GPS satellites on the ground. We, we, our transmitters are broadcast beacons, um, so very much like GPS, which is a broadcast system. Uh, we transmit a, a GPS-like waveform, which is the the same chipping rate as as uh, the uh, uh, GPS signal, and we have the same atomic clocks built into our transmitters, so that allows us to essentially uh, precisely time our signals, uh, much like GPS. so it's actually the same type of atomic clock that the GPS satellites have. The difference really is we we have the uh, our our satellites are stationary they're not flying <laughs> they're they're on the ground. Um, so our, our almanac is fixed. Um, and then uh, we do have other capabilities built into the system such uh, you know things like we're able to transfer time between our, Transmitters to create a a mesh like capability that allows us to operate independent of GPS throughout the network for an extensive period while maintaining synchronization with something like uh, a US Naval Observatory or NIST atomic clock. um, And therefore, we can provide sort of that resilient um, uh, uh, anchor uh tied to to the fundamental clocks that we maintain in the country
0: got it and one of your network of beacons is the TerraPoint beacons which is what nasa will be utilizing and that's what caught my eye and wanted me got me to want to talk to you uh can you tell me a little bit about that project and you know as much as you're allowed to and uh, how it came to be
1: yeah sure absolutely so we've been working with uh, nasa for an extended period of time they uh, they actually first procured our system over at uh, NASA Langley in, way back in 2018, um, and NASA, of course, you know, was establishing the framework for UAM or drone operations in the in the country, and they recognized the need for not just a system that is. You know available in places where gps isn't available for drone operations which could be you know downtown san francisco for instance gps is uh, not as available or an indoor environment um, but also something that is um, uh, complementary and provides a resiliency capability because you do have these aircrafts or vehicles flying at very high speeds over urban population centers and knowing the vulnerabilities of GPS, uh, you know that signal may not be available uh, all the time. So they felt that the importance or need for a complementary signal that can uh, come in place when GPS is not available. Um, and so they de- acquired a system that they deployed at NASA Langley in, in 2018. They've been flying drones with that at that facility for some period of time and understanding how that works and how that uh, solution scales. Uh, I, I think the NASA Ames folks had a similar um, ambition, uh, more geared towards maybe commercial entities uh, that may want to leverage the same capability. Um, and and uh, they are, you know, you know, they decided to, uh, get acquire some receivers to to uh, utilize the, the system's capability in the Bay Area. Uh, what's exciting about that for us here in the Bay Area is we you know at 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 uh, uh, Langley they had a dedicated system for for their flight operations. Whereas at um, at uh, in San Francisco they're actually utilizing our commercial network uh, that we've deployed around the entire Bay Area, which covers about nine hundred square miles. And they'll be doing uh, flying drones to you know, capture data for drone navigation, detection, collusion avoidance types of uh, use cases. Uh, in addition to uh, leveraging it for beyond visual line of sight capabilities uh, where the user or the person piloting the drone may not be able to see the drone, but needs to understand its precise location at all times.
0: Gotcha. So basically, and let me do my part here, which is to <laughs> try to break it down a little bit. They're flying drones out around the San Francisco Bay Area. They're not in that area. They want to be able to know where they are, and they're utilizing your network of towers and uh, other equipment to keep track of them.
1: That, that is correct. That is correct.
0: Great. Great, and you're specially formatted for this. I'm just curious, how did why were the TerraPoint network, uh, why was that created in the first place? Was that just to test out the capabilities of your GPS signals, or what was there some other project in mind?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, uh, we we started the company nearly a decade ago with the uh, mission of, you know, knowing that uh, how powerful GPS is and how much of a uh, utility it is in in all aspects of our lives. We recognize that there there are limitations for that s- uh, system, especially in in the urban areas where we live, work, and play, where PNT has its highest needs, and so. The idea was to create a complementary system that really overcomes some of the limitations of GPS, but essentially provides PNT services for a whole host of applications. So, we actually have a first phase of that system deployed nationwide today, covering about 4,400 cities. And that provides altitude uh, with GPS based XY. And we actually provide that for uh, mobile phone uh, users, um, both for you know, AT&T FirstNet has selected us to provide that capability for first responders and providing situational awareness for them. It's being utilized for 911 emergency calling. When you dial 911, your location needs to be determined. So we built as part of that initial framework, a full TerraPoint system here in the Bay Area for some of these demonstrations and trials that have been used for public by public safety. They've been used for uh, you know, uh, automotive and drone uh, types of a- applications. We're working with a number of, um, you know, EV tall providers who want to leverage the system for, uh, again, providing that resilient PNT capability uh, in the urbanized areas where where GPS is most challenged. So that was kind of the intent, and and the, we've been, you know, doing this for about a decade plus, and uh, quite successfully, and and we do have now that network that provides that uh, altitude capabilities. And we'll be rolling out the TerraPoint system uh, on a similar uh, footing um, in the near future as some of these uh, applications come to fruition.
0: Yeah, because there's nothing more annoying than when you're in the city and your phone doesn't know which direction you're going. <laughs> it's
1: not you. That's right. I think we've all experienced it, right? <laughs> yeah. you, you try and ask for the Uber and it shows up two streets away um, <laughs> because it was your downtown New York or San Francisco. But what if you could actually have a system that could precisely pinpoint your location, not just in two dimensions, but in three dimensions, right? I, I could tell you that, uh, that the... Um, uh, that the, 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 the person or, or is, is on the third floor of a building, um, and, and, uh, you know, is having a, a heart attack, then, then you could dispatch uh, emergency responders to that particular situation, uh, pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, obviously the stakes are a little bit higher <laughs> when you're talking about first responders, yeah. other than me just trying to get home from a night out. So, uh, understood. That's right. <laughs> Anything else uh, that uh, we haven't touched on that you think would be important for the conversation? Well, a couple
1: of other things I would pr- probably want to highlight is one is uh, the technology has been standardized um, in 3GPP, which is the global, um, you know, s- uh, telecommunication standard setting group that uh, uh, sets like the 4G, 5G, 6G standards. So this is being recognized by that standards body. Very similar to GPS, actually. They have a lot of space-based uh, uh, systems that they have um uh the, the recognized uh, gps uh, galileo etc as as uh, space based uh, position navigation timing sources uh, but we were the first ones to be recognized as a terrestrial uh, position navigation timing source uh, in as part of that international standards uh, uh, body and then the second piece i would say is because of that global standardization we do see a lot of international uh activities um and so we do have a deployment out in Japan uh where um they're using our system for similar um operation for not just providing altitude capabilities uh but uh there's interest uh by the Japanese government also for sort of a resilient PNT system as they think about complementing GPS with with other types of capabilities
0: Ganesh Padabaraman is CEO of NextNav. There's a lot more to this interview, which you can find on federalnewsnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts. That goes for the rest of our interviews as well. This has been another edition of the Space Hour on Federal News Network. I'm Eric White.